Greetings, friends and fellow demons, and welcome to Demonosophy. But today I have materialism on my mind. You know, I was watching some discussions of the great uh, Soviet, Russian Soviet era film director Tarkovsky online these days, and we we're talking about uh, Tarkovsky's uh, influence, influences, and how um, coming out of the Soviet Union. Um, and being influenced by materialism. I was reminded that materialism is the basis of Marxism. The metaphysical basis of Marxism is materialism. Um, and, and Marx is very clear about this. Uh, he called it dialectic materialism, was the, uh, the name of the, the system which is a play on uh, Hegel's uh, dialectic, um, which basically means struggle between, between two entities uh, results in a uh, compromise or a, a third position of things. So it's also a take on that ancient esoteric law of three, although um, there's, there's some differences about it, which is kind of out of, out of the scope of this. There's a, there's a way in which that law of three is a magical inner transformational tool, um, which is ultimately a different direction, different interpretation, usage of it, uh, here than, than Hegel presented. Marx took that idea and he applied it to, uh, materialism and the theory, theories of capital at the time and came up with the idea that there's a, um, of, of class struggle, uh, class conflict, um, and he defined it as essentially bourgeoisie and, and, and proletariat, haves and have-nots, of class struggle, um, and the, the resulting third force, the conclusion of this, or the synthesis, Hegel is uh, thesis, uh, antithesis, synthesis, an assertion, then there's an anti the assertion, and then there's a final result. So, um, which is bad, presumably better, you know, for some reason. The reality is that it's more often worse because things go in a in a perpetual uh, degradation pattern until there is the introduction of a different quality um, of material, basically uh, uh, a higher substance, finer substance. But, um, so Marx took this idea, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, and applied it to uh, class struggle, proletarian versus bourgeoisie struggle, and the result is gonna be like communism eventually. Um, and so it's all based on, on materialism. He called this dialectic materialism and rejected all religion and mysticism as being uh, opiate, opiates of the masses, um, these are all bourgeois fantasies, bourgeois tools to keep the proletarian um, uh, subdued, you know, subdued like a hypnotized sheep, as it were. Um, so it, it's, it's, it, it, so here's what's interesting about the, the totally materialistic basis of Marxism is that then you hear, um, modern day Marxist, neo-Marxist socialists criticizing materialism. 
using uh, material calling people materialists as a pejorative well that's strange isn't that funny that there's a uh, complete reversal of like the sense and the and, and, and significance of the idea of materialism and why is that well certainly it becomes from like a great deal of misunderstanding um, about things <laughs> complete misunderstanding about um, the ideas of, 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 of Marxism as they as they play out and then um, I don't know it's just a lot of fucking misunderstanding anyhow a lot of this like you see me like fumbling with whatever book I got here, right? Whatever I'm going to pull out. So this all inspired me to like go back and say, well, what did Marx really say about these things? Um, and so I went and, and I dug out my old copy of the Communist Manifesto. And this, I got this, I had to buy this as, as a textbook when I was in college. That's why I have this. This uh, label is still from the, uh, it's not labeled on, on there. It doesn't show the store. So it would be from the Nebraska bookstore, which is where everyone uh, bought their, um, bought their books for college, who used books for college um, back in the day. So I got this probably in 19, in 90, 91, uh, somewhere around there. Um, for my uh, social theory class, which we studied this. We studied Karl Marx as a legitimate social theorist. See, here you can even see in the front, here's where I put my uh, mailing um, address uh, tabs for my P.O. box in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I used to live. And, and I used a P.O. box then because I was, was getting, ordering information and stuff from all these different like subversive organizations at the time and that was the way you maintained uh anonymity at the time which i mean it's all going to the federal government so really it probably was not the safest place but the idea was that at least keeps people from like coming to your house throwing bricks at it um like what Anton LaVey had to go through with the 6114 California Street. They published the address of the house as like a center of Satanism. And the result is all the people that hate you then can come and like find you. Um, so anyhow, this is the book that I got. And you know, I, I started to thumb through this today. And here's the first thing that stood out to me. The first lines in this. A specter is haunting Europe. The first lines in the Communist Manifesto, the first words written by Marx in the Communist Manifesto, a specter is haunting Europe. This is where uh, Jacques Derrida, the godfather of postmodernism, uh, got the title for his foundational essay, uh, Specter of Marx. It's a homage to the Communist Manifesto. Um, so, I mean, just let, let that sink in before you go on a tirade to try and like prove that, uh, Derrida and postmodernism are a new way Marxist like whatsoever. So getting back to materialism for a moment, what has happened, I think, is that people conflate this term really in, in modern 
instances where people within the contemporary environment, when people use materialism as a pejorative, oh, you're a materialist, he's just a materialist. Um, when they use it in that sense, they're not really using it in that metaphysical sense. In other words, to describe, you know, the basic structure of reality, but they're really using that term as a conflation of uh, consumerism um, or, or, or something to that extent, or uh, even even capitalism. Um, certainly that's a, used as a pejorative, but as you see, like Marxism and in Marxism, well, no, materialism is not bad, right? That just describes the basis of reality. Capitalism um, describes a bad response to uh, materialism, what they think is a bad response uh, to materialism. And when people are like criticizing each other as being materialist nowadays, they're saying, oh, you're just too uh, consumerist, uh, you're just too focused on, on capital, focused on money, uh, you don't care about whatever human suffering or, or, or altruism, right? So, so it, it's not really like, uh, it, it, it really, those sorts of criticisms represent sort of a misunderstanding of what it means uh, to understand materialism as, as the basis of things. So there's, first let's just say there's a lot of great um, spiritual esoteric teachers uh, who were certainly materialists. Um, first off, uh, Anton LaVey most definitely materialist is materialist philosophy, but not socialist, not communist, not even a little bit. Um, Gurdjieff, totally a materialist, uses terms. Even there's, you know, uh, documentations of his talks where he says, I'm a, I'm a materialist. Um, and, and he means in that sense, again, definitely not a communist. He also said that elsewhere, I'm not a communist. Um, and, 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 and so it has a very different, different sense. Um, Ayn Rand, obviously, um, a materialist, um, lots of great, uh, materialist thinkers. And you get back into that ancient Greek world and it's Aristotle, um, is, is, is probably the, um, uh, standard bearer of metaphysical materialism who is opposed to Plato. Um, who opened the door to material and non-material world. There's a material world and then there's this world of ideas, which is non-material, but is just as uh, uh, significant. So um, there's, there's lots of different ways of like getting into this like argument about material versus non-materialism, but I think it's important to understand that uh, materialists a materialist perspective does not preclude the possibility of higher states of consciousness. It does not exclude the possibility of life after death or life before death. Also, it does not pre preclude the existence of things that are called magic. Um, Anton LaVey certainly had a very rich and deep magical system and teaching um, revealed in, in works like the Satanic Bible and the Devil's Notebook. Um, 
on a materialist basis. Why is that? Well, because we still have will. Um, we have desire. We have feeling. We can create vibrations which change things in the universe. We can change ourselves and our inner world um, in, in relation to the world that, that is outside of us. Um, so there's no um, inherent um, requirement to adopt a non-materialist view of things or to deride materialism um, or to say, I'm a materialist, but, um, and which is where the Aristotelian approach like comes in, which is like more along the lines of these other thinkers um, that I've mentioned, um, which if, if everything is material, then you do have like access to all of the elements that you need to really transform yourself. Now, assistance and interaction with others is invaluable. And yes, in many, in many instances, we do need that, but it's not, our evolu possible evolution is not dependent on that. If anything, it is ultimately dependent on our own individual, personal, inner will, and more importantly, even than will, is our inner wish to become something, to, to cease to be a completely mechanical automaton, a thing that only reacts to external stimuli. And that while everything is, is material, it, it is within reach. There are like gradations of materiality um, that are beyond me but I may experience a taste of um, every now and then. And once I get the taste of that, I get a sense of direction. Um, and, and once I can feel the power of my wish for being, then that can create vibrations which uh, are reciprocated to me through others who have also like experienced that or perhaps gone that way before. So that's how materialism can be a very significant role in um, initiation. Now, some other things I found in here, uh, getting back to the Communist Manifesto for a minute, is he gets into a lot of these things with uh, private property and you see like his, his, his point on this. What Marx does with the material world is create confusion about ownership in the material world. Like, we have a very distinct sense of ownership over our own body. Like, after you get over a certain age, like, there's certain, you know, things we go through, uh, through maturation process and becoming independent from your parents. These are all biological things. But you come to a point where you uh, understand that you have ownership of your body, unless you're raised in slavery. Um, but then that sense of ownership has to be beaten out of someone, basically. Um, it has to be like wrangled out of them. People will naturally have a sense of ownership uh, and, and personal privacy over their own physical existence. And then we transfer that sense of ownership, private ownership, to things that we make ours by, um, by uh, in 
interaction and associations with the material universe. We basically, in order to live, you have to work the universe around you. This is not a uniquely human thing. All biological entities do this. You know, bees like work the area, the world around them to make it their, you know, private honey, honey hive. And, you know, wolves have to work the world around them to get, get food out of it. Um, so the idea of work is there. What is unique about it is for, for, for humans probably is that sense of private ownership. And that has to do with the fact that our consciousness is, is, is of a different uh, nature than, than the other organic beings on the planet. Our sense of consciousness is one of the things that gives us this hint, this clue of origins that are outside of the realm of mechanical uh, evolution, mechanical biological evolution, that there is like uh, a different factor involved um, in our DNA structure, um, which uh, allows for this sense of private ownership, which is a reflection of individuality, that I am a unique uh, being, um, that I am a unique entity. And so um, th this is one of the ideas with, with, with capitalism is that capitalism basically is a system that, that represents an understanding of how that individuality, we use that in a, in a environment interacting with other beings to like say, well, this, this cup is mine. This could be used as, as it's part of my stuff, right? Capitalism is just ba saying that basically people like uh, own stuff. So I've got that, I've got this mouse and um, this phone that this is being recorded on. These are all like my things because I got them with, with money. But then these things can be considered my capital also because I could trade them um, with people for other things. So capitalism just basically refers to the idea that people can personalize through a process of working with the, the material items out of the universe, sometimes disagreeing with other individuals, but then they work and they, they find a revolution. Sometimes they steal, sometimes they disagree, but still we work things out like in the, in the, in the big picture of, of things. So capitalism is just a, a really, it's just a rep, it's a, it, it represents an acknowledgement of that individual nature and that there needs to be a freedom uh, of that individual nature, freedom to interact with the universe and interact with others must be allowed for. Um, and that it's, it's, it's more true, it's, it has to do with representing the truth uh, of our nature um, that we do so. So this is his conclusion of it, I think, surmises as well. And the abolition of this state of things is called by the bourgeois abolition of individuality and freedom. And rightly so. The abolition of bourgeois individuality, bourgeois independence, and bourgeois freedom is undoubtedly aimed at. By freedom is meant under the present bourgeois conditions of production, free trade, free selling, and buying. But if selling and buying disappears, free selling and buying disappears also. This talk about free selling and buying and all the other brave words of our bourgeois about freedom in general have a meaning, if any, 
only in contrast with restricted selling and buying and the fettered traders of the Middle Ages, but have no meaning when opposed to the communist abolition of buying and selling, of the bourgeois conditions of production, and of the bourgeoisie itself. So, I mean, there's so many things in here that he's really clear about, yeah, no, individuality and freedom should be abolished. Uh, they're wrong, and people who believe that, in those words, are like the wrong think people, and they need to be gotten rid of. He wanted to get rid of buying and selling, because he rightly so, he acknowledges that buying and selling, in other words, making transactions with your capital, is a representation of freedom. And the freedom needs to disappear along with the buying and selling that needs to be gotten rid of completely. And in place of that would be distribution and distribution of resources on a, on a scale managed manage, man, uh, by, by the, the controlling factors, of, which, which is government, you know, which is government. He always sidesteps this. Everything leads up to like we're basically we're just going to take over the reins of government and manage it in a really dictatorial manner. Um, but he kind of sidesteps that. He never really like comes out and says that he keeps everything between bourgeois and proletariat as these are the two classes. He never acknowledges, wait, there's a political class. Right. And what we're talking is we're going to take the political class. He says the political political is, is basically a uh, it's just basically the bourgeois control of the political class. They've seized it. And so when he says means of production and everything, he's also talking about not just the factories. It's embodied in that. But he's talking about seizing the means of production. He's seizing the, the, the infrastructure of government, which in, you know, the uh, feudal uh, Russian czarist era, there, there was a huge structure of government. Same in Germany, which is where uh, Marx was coming from. Uh, Germany under uh, whatever that is, Biz, Bismarckian, uh, you know, pre, pre-Weimar uh, Germany, which was very, becoming very, very uh, socialist, um, very bureaucratic, a huge network of uh, bureaucracies. Um, and they're talking about seizing that with their people, basically. Everything just, just moves towards that by playing these little like, little, like mind games, really getting you to think that freedom and individuality um, are like inherently wrong. This is why you hear me like, like every, every podcast, I'm harping on about individuality uh, and, and freedom, and I keep coming back to it. Um, uh, I keep coming back to it. In today's modern environment, what they're doing is basically trying to say anyone who talks about freedom and individuality, they're a right-wing conspiracy theory uh, wingnut um, is, is where they're trying to push all that. And I'm saying, don't let them do that. Um, and, and, you know, maybe part of that is occasionally expressing ideas out there, but the more important thing uh, is understanding it uh, within yourself and understanding that all this noise that occurs out there is just part of this thing that always occurs out there that is part of the druge, that's part of a pep. It's this thing that just always recycles and occurs. And sometimes you need to pick some pieces out of it and, and analyze it to uh, 
you know, reassure yourself uh, of what it is. But ultimately, uh, these ideas like uh, individuality and sovereignty and free freedom are more associated with uh, feeling. Okay, so your your mind can end up fucking up that feeling, right? If your mind gets fucked up, it can create buffers and filters for it. But if your mind gets back to the right place, um, uh, which is a place of individuality, a place of, of, of freedom, and a place of like, for a moment, not being taken up by the bullshit of the stream of associations, then there's an opportunity for that true original feeling to kind of arise inside. And again, one of the things that I recommend again and again is uh, meditation as a solution to this. Um, but I won't harp on about that today. What I'll just say is, is, is you know, embrace materialism, embrace individuality, uh, personal freedom, and capitalism, and keep fighting the good fight and keep the dark fires burning.